Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcast Network. I am your host, Mikkel Snyder. And I am your host, Keith Weekly. How will we already halfway done through August, Keith? Why is time still happening in this linear, predictable fashion? I don't know, but I mean, I'm going to be in the house regardless. I just got an email from my job yesterday saying, hey, instead of coming back after Labor Day, we're going to have you come back mid-October. I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead and push it to next spring if things are fine. <laughs> you know what? You're right. We should just all stay inside collectively as a unit until something changes. I'm not sure what that something is, but you're right. We can just all hibernate inside of our nice little homes with, with various pets and family and whatnot. That's that's a good plan. Yes, let's see if it actually happens though. But are you doing good? I'm doing I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm excited to to talk about some of the stuff that we have in the docket this week. So lots of fun stories from from the internet. Nintendo had their indie game conference that was fun, but we're not talking about that today because we got other things we need to do, right, Keith? Yeah, we got plenty of stuff to get into this week, especially when it comes to anime and a bunch of other stuff too. So I'm excited. We're going to start this episode off with the latest twin segment sweeping the nation, the popular pop culture news trivia game that is coming to an app near you once I get seven more hours in the day and financial backing. That's right, folks. It's Mad Libs of News Headlines. We should have a theme song for that. Jordan, can you find do, one of do, those? Do, do, do. <laughs> Did do, that John see that? Yeah, no. no I, I hit it immediately. <laughs> Uh, we won't do that because of copyright infringement. In any case, uh, we'll find a theme song for next time. But right now, I have some some news headlines, and we're going to do two versions of this. So, the first one is, who said what now? In which Keith is going to have to guess which person said uh, the thing that I, I, will, I will explain to them. And then the next uh, rounds of this Mad Libs fun times will be, there's something off here. Or I have reported a headline, and one thing is off about the headline, and Keith has to guess which part of it is factually incorrect. You ready, Keith? <laughs> yeah, I think I did pretty good last time, so I'm hoping I keep that streak going. Okay, so, here we go. So, first off is who said what? I'm going to read all three, and then you can give me your guesses on who said what. So... This prolific director told the press that he vowed never to give his mom any money after she yelled at him for writing scripts. Okay, so this one I actually know because I saw the headline and looked deep into the story and even looked at the picture of this director and their mom so I could like, imagine it happening. So for some background, this director was 12 years old and got in trouble for like for not doing their homework at all. And their mom basically told them, like, stop this writing thing. It's not going to take you anywhere. Like, you'll go ahead and get a real job one day. And this director, who, by the way, is Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> went ahead and basically said, like, yeah, I'm never going to give my mom a cent when I make it. And he stuck to that. I think he said that he helped her with some IRS issues once, but that's literally it. And he was adamant that he never got her a house. So yeah, the answer to this is Quentin Tarantino. And fun side note, I was looking at a hilarious Twitter thread yesterday. There's um, a, a streamer named Blessing from Kind of Funny Games who tweeted yesterday that he just found out that Quentin Tarantino, whose middle name is Jerome, is indeed not black. And everyone on Twitter came for his life, and it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that you, you knew that one. 
and was able to give such a detailed backstory. So. Yeah, starting off strong, I died and all the rest, so I had to all go right. get what I could. I, I, I tried to give you some lead-ins here, so ho- hopefully these won't be too bad. So, um, nothing about the next segment afterwards, but... So, continuing the trend from last week about celebrities who may or may not be bathing, this actor has confirmed that while he plays a fishy hero, he of course showers regularly. Please tell me this is Jason Moe and that he's the normal person that showers on a regular basis. He is, in fact, a normal person who showers on a regular basis. Thank you. He shares that attribute with Drain the Walk Johnson. Yes, because I remember the, like The Rock talked about it, and I didn't see the I didn't even see The Rock tweet about it. I saw The Rock say like, "Yeah, I take multiple showers a day. I wake up and I take a cold shower to wake up, take a hot shower after I wake up, and then I come home and I take another hot shower and after everything." And someone said, "I don't know, if this is less weird or more weird." And everyone came for that person's life too, because I'm like, he works out for a living. He gets sweaty. He works out. Meanwhile, we have every celebrity and their mama coming out talking about how they only shower when they see dirt on their body. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Hollywood would smell a lot worse than I thought it. Did. The rock tweet that you quoted was actually a Mad Libs from last week, so good, good continuity, good, good, good callback. Full circle. <laughs> we'll be talking a lot about full circles and callbacks later on, but we got one more of these. Who said what now? All right, or two rather, for two. Let's go. Who is narrating what? So, this marvelous actor is currently narrating a new documentary series for Netflix called Fantastic Fungi, where they dive into the mystical, mysterious, and medicinal world of fungi. Is there supposed to be a hint in there somewhere? There, there is a hint in there somewhere. Okay, marvelous actor. I'm going to go with Brie Larson for Captain Marvel. Ding, ding, ding. You Woo! Are correct. There we go. I'm smart and I know things. For some reason, Brie Larson is narrating a mushroom documentary, which is cool, but also... What a sentence, right? You know, I was so excited for getting it right, I didn't stop to think about how odd this is. You're totally right. What? Right? <laughs> Like, Netflix just tweeted this out in, like, the middle of the day. It's sort of like, hey, check out our new nature documentary about mushrooms. And so, like, it's narrated by Brie Lawson. So, like, that's... That's so specific. That's not what I would have gone with. No. Like, I mean, I don't know if there's a right person for this, but, like, it seems like there's someone more right than her. But, all right, more power to her. Hopefully, like, the most enthralling fungi documentary ever. (laughs) So, yeah. So, so those was the who said what. So, now we're going to go to there's something off here. So I have right. two headlines for you. They each have one thing that is factually incorrect about it, and you have to point out which part of it is incorrect. You ready? Yeah, let's keep the momentum going. Let's go. All right. Good luck with these. So, the Washington Post reported that hermit crabs are sexually excited by increasing temperatures due to climate change. What? <laughs> Everything is off there. Okay, so there's... So I'm thinking the strategy for this game is that it's some very specific thing that's probably different. And I'm thinking, like, it wouldn't be the Washington Post because that would just be a jerk move on your part. So I'm thinking that the thing that's different is either hermit crabs or the cause of why they're aroused. <laughs> I'm going to say that hermit crabs is the is what you changed. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. The no! actual headline is that hermit crabs are sexually excited by plastic pollution in the ocean according to researchers. You know, I actually like your version more. (laughs) (laughs) Do you? I like it more. (laughs) Yes, because it makes more sense to me that they get turned on by, like, getting a little warmer, like, it's getting hot in here kind of way, versus, like, plastic makes them horny. Can we say horny on this podcast? (laughs) 
I, I believe that we're gonna go with the clinical term that was presented in the headline of sexually excited. No, that sounds so much worse. <laughs> Everything about this sounds worse, but okay. So apparently, but it was like such a headline that I could not use it. <laughs> I get it. Yes, but I'll, we should probably move on before we can say something more that we shouldn't. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, uh, final, final uh, Mad Libs or news headlines. So. Uh, PepsiCo and Bud Light are teaming up to create an alcoholic Mountain Dew drink. Um, I'm going to say it's not going to be an alcoholic Mountain Dew drink, but another thing that's alcoholic. No, no. Surprisingly, it was Bud Light that was the false flag here. So PepsiCo and Boston Beer are teaming up to create an alcoholic Mountain Dew beverage. That's so wrong. Yeah, uh, someone is going to die from it. Many someone's. <laughs> like, who thought this was a good idea? Someone's very out of touch. Oy. Or very in touch, honestly, because like true. alcoholic Mountain Dew is like it's gonna sell. It's oh, gonna no, be I'm just dangerous. I'm thinking, yeah, like there's gonna be like people who just like where they have like they know they're about to have, like a marathon gaming session and just crush Mountain Dew. Like that's what they're gonna start with. In any case, that ends this segment of Mad Libs and News Headlines. Skeef went free for free for the who said what. And 0 for 2 for the what are these headlines. So uh, come back in two weeks as I test Victoria on whatever random pop culture news headlines the universe decides to present to us. So let's take a small breather before we get right back into it. So... While Disney refused to greenlight the sequel reboot to Lizzie McGuire, Hilary Duff decided to jump onto a different sequel reboot of a beloved franchise, How I Met Your Mother. Kind of. Since it's How I Met Your Father, and there are a couple of questions of how this interacts with the How I Met Your Mother universe as it stands, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves before we dive into everything. So, uh, for anyone who needs a refresher, How I Met Your Mother is a sitcom about Ted Mosby telling his children the long and convoluted story about how he met their mother, which took several years and anecdotes, and a very controversial ending, uh, known for its wonderful interwoven storytelling, the story has aged questionably, given that two of the main characters were serial womanizers who employed less than admirable tactics. There were a couple slurs here and there, and there was also that episode featuring Yellowface, randomly, because... Oh, uh, wow, yeah. Yeah, right, right? You forgot about that. I did, I did until you said it. it just hit me like, oh no! Yeah, so that said, the episodes that didn't feature problematic content had plenty of laughs, and Josh Radner, Jason Siegel, uh, Colby Smulders, Neil Patrick Harris, Allison Hannigan, and Kristen Melotti were just a fantastic cast of characters who have since gone on to star in several uh, prolific projects that are near and dear to my heart. I love How I Met Your Mother, like, conceptually. I don't think I could go back to it and see it in the exact same light. But, you know, that is the problem of any media, really. So, and How I Met Your Father aims to tell a similar story with Hilary Duff as the central character alongside Chris Howell. And the big news announcement this week was that they had finally rounded out the cast with Francia Reza, Tom Ansley, Tian Tran, and Sergio Schwama. So they will be 
this group of eclectic New York friends. And I, I will give it to the How I Met Your Father team. They're not all five white people. So good, yes. good job. Baseline requirement met. That was the first thing I noticed because How I Met Your Mother was very often compared to Friends being like a show that takes place in New York City, but it's oddly about five white people. Like, I don't know that very, no, that it was weird how that happened. It was better than Friends in that regard because they at least had like more prominent people of color in other roles, like Wayne Brady playing Barney's brother and stuff like that and other examples. But as we saw with the whole yellow face candle, like they also missed the mark in a lot of cases. So just taking from the top, like I also have a very deep affection for How I Met Your Mother because it's a show that like I really enjoy and appreciate it when it was out and I have since gone back to watch it a couple times and one it didn't age as well because like I have like the presence of mind to realize that like most of what Barney like a lot of what Barney did like was either unethical or illegal so like that was he, he was kind of one of the stars of the show so that was awkward but also like you said the very you put it lightly controversial ending <laughs> like, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody that wants to check the show out. Because if you have not seen it, I would say, like, go ahead and pop on Hulu, which I believe it is on now, and check it out. Because it's a great way to just, like, kill a few weeks for, like, find stuff out and everything. But the ending was so bad that the creators had to cre- come up with the alternate ending that they could have gone with. And that's the one that I watch whenever I binge this show. I just don't watch the last episode and go straight to that YouTube clip because that's what I need in my life. But as far as this casting for the How I Met Your Father show goes, it's interesting because this is an idea that was tossed around back when How I Met Your Mother ended like a few years ago. And like, no, I didn't hear anything about it. I was thinking like, oh, oh, well, time came win and everything. But they kept going with it. And it's interesting it's going to be on Hulu because everything's streaming now and stuff. And like Mikel said, I'm very glad to see that this casting is very more, much more diverse, representative of how it would look to be in New York City in your like early 30s. Wait, is it even New York City? Where is the show placed? It, 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 oh, yeah, it is in New York. I'm looking at the casting now. Yeah. So, um, so to go through who some of the people that are going to be in the main group of friends are going to be so we have Hillary Duff who's playing Sophie who is telling her son's story and everything and, she's, and like this is literally like how I met Jonas plot they quote the re- story is quote catapults us back to the year 2021 where Sophie who's Hillary Duff and her close-knit group of friends are in the midst of figuring out who they are what they want out of life and how to fall in love in the age of dating apps and limitless options so it's basically just like how I met your mother with like tinder <laughs> like with that possibility around but outside of that we have a character named um Valentina who's going to be Sophie's roommate and best friend who's an aspiring stylist and seems to be more creative character and everything and cheers her up when she's not happy there's Charlie who's supposed to be like the good looking one who's an aspiring model that fell in love with Valentina and just came back to New York with her and he's born with a silver spoon in his mouth but is apparently really charming despite that there is a character named Ellen who is the adopted sister of another character in the group and just moved to New York from a small farming town after separating from her wife hey good representation there and then the last person in the group named Sid who is Jesse's roommate and best friend so we got a good little group of people here interesting characters and see how they all bounce off of each other can I, can I give you my most controversial nerd opinion? Not the most controversial. I'm sure I have more, but like one one of the top ones that I have. Uh, let's do this. I'm going to buckle in. Okay. I, I mean, actually, didn't hate the original ending of How I Met Your Mother. Ooh. Okay. Oh. Okay. You're, you're, you're going to have to hear me out, okay? You're going to have to hear me out. Okay. And also, I just want to point out to people that like among the Black Nerd Problems family, I am known for the one that has horrible hot takes, and I am baffled right now. <laughs> 
and I understand the baffling. Now, this, I, so, one, spoilers for a series that is, like, a decade old by now, and mm-hmm. it's, like, 12 seasons. So, like, just brace yourself, come back in, like, five minutes. I don't know, less than that. We'll make this really quick, because we have a bunch of stuff to talk about here. So, I agree that the, that the recut ending is better, because Kristen Milotti is a fantastic actress, and they should not have killed her all. That being said, something that the original ending did is that it did acknowledge that, like, sometimes we don't always move on from the people in our past. And I think that it was a very true-to-life ending in that respect. Was it the best choice that they could have made? I don't think so, but I got it at the time, and it made sense. And I feel like the ending was malaligned by the structure of the entirety of the final season being focused around a wedding that was deconstructed in the last five minutes of the episode, rather than the actual, like, narrative beats itself. Oh, okay, so I hear what you're saying, but the thing is that, like, I don't think we needed the finale to end that way for us to learn that lesson, because literally every other part of the show including that season with about Ted trying to figure out if he did or didn't love Robin still and how to move on from her and feelings and everything like that. So in any way that it did, like that was unnecessary and redundant and like wasted what we really wanted the entire time. It was a whole bait and switch. All the 12 seasons of a bait and switch is exactly what happened in that show. And also like, you're totally right though. The other point about like, the show being the season being focused on a wedding that got undone just for the thing that I don't like even more to happen was a complete slap in the face and it was a very weird and odd choice. So I hear what you're saying. Hey, don't think it needed face. to happen. Yes. Oh, slap it. Hey. <laughs> um, Love it. I I do like the the new ending more. I will say that. But like at the time when I watched it in a hotel room in Wisconsin by myself, so like I did not hate it. I didn't necessarily like it, but I did not hate it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, we'll have to move on and we'll talk about this off air. Now it's time for our big ticket segment. Like I said, we're going to talk about anime today, but oh, we're going to talk about so much anime for a second. So it's been quite an eventful week for all things anime and anime adjacent. For our main segment today, we wanted to catch you up on all of what's happened so far. To start us off, Jason DeMarco, who introduced the gateway drug of anime for an entire generation here in the States by co-creating Toonami, is continuing his good work by adding on a new role. Warner Brothers and Cartoon Network are coming together to focus more on anime and animation, and DeMarco's been picked to lead the charge as Senior Vice President, comma, Anime and Action Series slash Longform. Just for the record, this is on top of his current role at Adult Swim as the Senior Vice President of Head of Anime, Head of anime and Action Series. In other news, we got a first look at who will be cast in Netflix's live-action Avatar series as Aang, Katara, Sokka, and Zuko. Just to roll off the names, a little bit of background information for you, Aang will be played by Gordon Cormier, a 12-year-old Filipino-Canadian. Katara will be played by Kia Wintio, a 14-year-old Indigenous American of Mohawk descent. Sokka will be played by Ian Osley, a 19-year-old indigenous american of cherokee descent oh my bad north american in both cases i believe they're canadian and zuko will be played by dallas Liu, a 19 year old from los angeles who's chinese indonesian american this casting tells me two very important things one they're already learning from their past the past mistakes of earlier adaptations by casting people of color for the leading roles and not doing other weird things with that casting we'll talk about at a later date two the internet rumors that followed the departure of the series creators that they were going to make some questionable slash horrible casting choices ended up being ultimately false who knows if they were true at the time and they looked up at the internet and said let's not do this or if they were never true at all right and the 
And lastly, Sony, which already owns Funimation, was finally able to get the deal through to purchase Crunchyroll for $1.175 billion. Here's to hoping this means we'll be able to get one anime streaming platform that takes the best from both down the road. Mikhail, what do you want to tackle first here? Uh, let's do the Avatar casting first because the Sony purchase and Funimation actually ties into some of my thoughts about the Cartoon Network Warner Brothers thing. So yeah. cool, uh, cool. That's called production, folks. There we go. There we go. Uh, when I saw the Avatar casting, the one that made the most sense to me was Ian Usley as uh, Sokka. Like he he looks like Sokka. It made perfect sense when I saw that. So I was like, yeah, no, no, I I get that. The other ones, like, I can see. I'm not sure I'm necessarily, like, sold on it immediately. I do agree that, like, this is a good, like, baseline casting. It's just sort of like, okay, these aren't white folks again, so we've, we've instantly gone leagues ahead of what we originally had when uh, M. Night Shyamalan did something that we don't speak about. So, uh, I, I want to withhold any more judgment until we see how they look like in character, and until we see the rest of the overarching world. Um, the showrunner, Albert Kim, uh, seems really excited about the series, which is great, because, like, as much as I love the original creators of Avatar, they're also two white dudes who, you know, they made choices, they made decisions, so... I'm curious to see how this develops in, in parallel with the other stuff happening in the Avatar universe. I'm I'm still I still have question marks overall at the end of the day. Um, I'm excited to see Angus Filipino like that. That's just cool. I'm here for that. Um, so, but I I continue to be be curious more than anything else regarding uh, this live action Avatar series. Very cool. Yeah, no, I got all those sentiments there for sure. And one thing I want to talk about with like the horror, when I alluded earlier to like some of the horrible choices they were going to make, I think one of them they were going to do was make cha- reverse who's older between Sokka and Katara. And just from a narrative standpoint, I think that would have been a very big mistake because a very big part of their relationship, I think, is like their mother passing away, of course, and Sokka having the chip on his shoulder as the older brother who needs to like protect his younger sister who doesn't really need protecting, and then also Katara being the younger sister who behaves like a mom around all of her friends because like her mom died when she was young and she had to take that role for her family and village and everything so I think that's something that you would have lost if they were reversed the ages and everything and also interesting thing here I'd like to point out that and some people may come for me on Twitter for this or anywhere um, pointing out that so the actor the actress playing guitar is 14 the actress playing Zuko is 19 that ruins like an entire ship pretty much, as far as I'm concerned so that likely will not be happening in this show for anybody who's holding out hope for that just wanted to point that out I mean, actors' ages and character ages don't necessarily correspond. Yeah, but I also feel like the age gap being so different and everything, like, it had to be a while before they could even film a scene of Louis Bad. That wouldn't be creepy. We'll see. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, yeah, creepy is always a possibility. Let's talk about the anime streaming wars, the soft, dark underside of the streaming wars that we get to talk about every so often, right? So... Sony, which owns Funimation, has been trying to buy Crunchyroll for a while now, and now that it's actually happening, there's this interesting cascade effect that's going on, right? Because HBO Max currently has a whole bunch of Crunchyroll stuff on their app right now. There is an entire like grouping on the HBO Max app that is Crunchyroll Collections, and I'm not sure they're going to keep that after Sony purchases Funimation. That's a great point. And I've been I've been thinking about that. 
and the reason why this is like relevant right so sort of like okay so if they are like hypothetically losing some of the Crunchyroll licensing is this move from uh, Warner Brothers and Cartoon Network to get more anime get more animation with uh, Jason DeMarco to like sort of spearhead like a different entry point is that a way to like help ease that transition is a way to like make up that gap or is this something that's just been happening independently and it was just announced this week right mm-hmm. like that that was my big fault i i would love a unified funimation Crunchyroll app i think i think yes it's the one thing oh. on theory that in theory it makes a lot of sense because like you could argue there are different things that work best in both these different apps and all that like one of them is better like you could say that one of them is better when it like, comes to backlog and everything one of them is better when it comes to like current shows and sample dubs and all that stuff but like hopefully now we get them both same place if we have to pay for them both separately still going forward that's going to be a ripoff but like we'll see what happens yeah they need to spend like a billion dollars on it so if they want to do that i kind of get it but we'll see um as far as the jason demarco news goes i'm actually excited about this because um i guess this is going to be a weird like Humble rags, I think. I actually got the interview with Jason DeMarco years ago when I was working on an article for The Daily Dot about 20-year anniversary of Toonami and how it kind of was, like I said earlier, this gateway drug for anime for a generation of people in the U.S. Because before that, you had to find anime in very questionable means or like <laughs> even after that for a little while, too. But that kind of helped open the door up and stuff, right? Like a lot of random, like getting things mailed from different countries or like digging through crates at video stores and stuff. A lot of, yeah, it was hard back in the day. The, the USBs of USBs that somebody acquired via a means that you weren't 100% like, okay, asking about how they got it and that you needed to use a VLC media player to play. Yes, or like when they, fans would like sub and or dub the anime themselves and it would not be accurate whatsoever. You're like, okay, I mean, I get the gist. So yeah, like, we've come a very long way here. So I would like, give Jason like a lot of credit for getting us to this point in the first place, and I like to see him continue to kind of like shepherd us to the future of anime distribution and like it just growing more and more and all that right and like this is something he's passionate about like he had the quote in the article that I didn't include because it was kind of long and all that but basically like, this is something he's been passionate about and he loves and I'm excited to see what he continues to do with all this every episode we'd like to end the show with a lightning round in case we can't get to every piece of news this week so to start us off this week with our lightning round Roku has decided to add 23 more Quibi shows as they pursue the original content strategy after purchasing Quibi after it was pretty much dead. How were there 20 free shows? How were there 20 free shows to begin? Okay, sorry, I'm sorry. Continue. And I'm, just, I'm also curious, like, are these going to be like full-length shows? Or are they going to stick with the Quibi model and make them all really short? <laughs> we shall see. AMC and Warner Brothers have agreed to a 45-day window of movie theater exclusive release for films, which is possibly the end of same-day streaming. At least for now, because to be honest, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. We all know what it's like now to watch brand new movies on our couch, and then we don't have to waste the money finding out that it's bad and stuff. So, like, it may not be as easy to think it is, but we'll see. It might just be, like, putting off the inevitable. And next up, we have Chronicle 2 will actually be a female-led sequel set 10 years after the original film ended. Jeopardy announces that Mike Richards and Mayim Bialik will be splitting hosting duties going forward, with Bialik hosting spinoffs and special episodes, while Richards will take on main hosting duties. And lastly, Chloe Bennett has left the CW's Powerpuff Girl live-action series, which leads it even closer to never seeing the light of day, which, given the scripts that we saw a few weeks ago that leaked to the public and all that, might be for the best. 
But alright folks, if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at BlackNerdProblems with the hashtag TWINN. That was this week in nerd news. Tune in next time for more pop culture news. Once again, I am Keith Reed Cleveland. I am Mikel Snyder. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and listen to the podcast. Give us five stars. If you don't give us five stars, I'm inclined to believe you are a hater, quoting Bomani Jones Bear. Have a good week, folks. <laughs>